You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. My name is Heidi. My name is Kieran. Uh, yeah, my name is Andrew Fitzpatrick. Bears Hopium Den, our summer podcast series on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast Network. I'm Jeff Burkus. I'm your host in this series. This is episode three, and I'm really excited to share this conversation with you guys. This is a conversation that I had with three fans that aren't from the United States of America. They are fans from around the world, and I think this is a it's a really fun and kind of fascinating aspect of the NFL. The NFL really I feel like when I was growing up, the NFL was a much more of a, a just a just a U.S. sport. It was just something that people in the U.S. were, were into, which isn't true. It was still popular in some circles um, across the globe. But the NFL has grown so much, not only in the U.S., but around the world. Obviously, the, the Europe, European games, the game in Mexico City, like those are the real visible events. But the fan bases around the world are really growing, and I, I just find it really cool and fascinating to meet fans from all over the country and then all over the world that really have found something in this sport. And so I gathered a few of my favorite people that I have met through various means to have a conversation about what it's like to be a fan of the NFL when you're not from the U.S. Like, how did you get into this? How did you get into this very American sport? And, you know, what's your relationship with it? And so I, I found some three really good people to talk to. Uh, you're going to hear from Heidi, who's from Mexico. Heidi is one of the most positive and bright stars on Bears Twitter is where I first came across her. She had some back and forth with Akeem Hicks, like uh, Akeem was responding to her and saying, you know, anything for Heidi. It was really exciting to see just how much her and Akeem seemed to have some uh, back and forth. And and uh, we, we've gone back and forth a few times and uh, really excited to have her on the podcast uh, you're going to hear from Kieran, who's uh, from Ireland. You'll probably recognize him if you've ever listened to the Irish Bears show. He's the host of that. I was fortunate enough to be one of uh, Kieran's first guests when he was getting his podcast up and running. And I've been on his show a couple of times and a, a really great guy, really great guy to talk football with. You can just tell his passion is just oozing out. Uh, he loves this team and loves talking about it. And finally, you're going to hear from Andrew Fitzpatrick, who's from Australia. Andrew and I became acquainted through uh, my podcast with EJ Snyder, Bears Over Beers. He reached out to me uh, through that podcast. We've had a lot of back and forth, and I wanted to get his perspective, uh, too, because he has a very interesting story about how he came into his Bears fandom. They all three have uh, really interesting ties. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. And so the title of this episode is International Fans of Mystery. Uh, and the mystery is, how do they become fans of the Chicago Bears? You're going to find all that out. So I had a lot of fun in this conversation. Uh, I'll, I'll step aside now. We'll get into it. Heidi speaks first. I've been a Bears fan since as long as I can remember, maybe five or six years old. 
uh, thanks to my dad. And I live in Acapulco, Mexico, but I'm originally from Mexico City. Okay. And, but I've been here for 24 years. Great. Uh, that's a town at the Pacific coast of Mexico. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, so my name is Kieran. Uh, I became a Bears fan because my uncle, who was originally from Dublin, uh, emigrated to Chicago when he was 18. Um, so I have like seven or eight cousins over there. So I've from as long as I can remember, I used to visit Chicago every winter, every summer. And I, all I remember is kind of going to Bears games and watching it on the TV or if I was at Thanksgiving, watching the Thanksgiving games with my family. So even though I was born abroad, it's a very, I guess, normal way to kind of grow up. You're, you, you grow up knowing it because your, your family has kind of indoctrinated you into the Bears fandom. And that's kind of my story. Uh, yeah, my name's Andrew Fitzpatrick. I'm originally from uh, Melbourne, Australia, but currently living and residing in New York. And I became a Bears fan in 2010 um, when I was in Miami, of all places, um, as part of the study abroad program. So it's been a uh, been quite a journey over the last 12 years. All right, so you guys touched on it a little bit, but I want you to have some some runway to talk a little bit more about your origin story so every superhero has an origin story every super fan has an origin story as well so heidi you mentioned your dad got you into into this so that would be kind of your origin story but like just kind of expand upon that like you know how, how did what does that mean to you from where you started and, and why has that carried you to today oh okay well my dad actually was a redskins fan but oh, no. he was mostly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mostly an, a huge NFL fan. And he had three daughters. And I was the only one to watch the games with him. So I start, I, I grew to love NFL, fan, NFL football too. And he uh, called me his little oso, which is bear in, in Spanish. So uh, when I, realized there was a football team named with a uh, uh, name after me because that was, <laughs> that's what I thought back then I said hey this is my team so that's how I became a Bears fan that's great the, yeah, yes but um in Mexico back then you couldn't watch even uh, I don't know maybe one or two games and that was it every Sunday so you had to watch whatever TV was showing. So I was like, uh, and there was a time when I was a, a every team fan because the Bears wouldn't play a lot in Mexico, Mexico's TV. So, but uh, after that, I started following them everywhere I could, news or, or different uh, broadcasts and things. So I, I grew loving them a lot more. Of course, 85 bears were the best. So that's when I grew, my, my love grew more for them. But that's pretty much the story. And I've been not too many games, only four in my life. I wish I could go every year, but it's not that easy, as everybody knows. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, ah, to this time, it's been, I've been to two games that the Bears won and the other two we lost. But I, anyway, I had a great time. 
And I think my next one will be, I don't know if I could go to Dallas this year, but if not, it's going to be Chicago next year too, because Great. I love the, the I, you have to be in Chicago. That, that was the best. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So like I, like I said, I, I kind of just grew up knowing things about the bears because from when I can remember, my parents told me I was a baby when they were bringing me over to Chicago. <laughs> and I always remember the story of um, being like a three or four year old, like marching down the aisles of the airplane, singing bear down. <laughs> and I literally had all the flight attendants laughing and, yeah, so I think my first recollection of a Bears game, I think I was four, and we went to the Bears against the Oakland Raiders at the time. I think it was it was about just after my birthday, so it was probably the end of September, and all I can remember from it was that the Bears won, and it was pretty cold. <laughs> um, but yeah, and really since then, just everything every single winter that we get to go we'd we'd always try and either get to a game or have all the family meet up and be able to just kind of hang out and watch and it's kind of something i associated with chicago that anytime i went during the summer i tried to get to a bulls game anytime i went into winter i tried to get to a bears game and yeah it's kind of just gone on from there to the point of when i was in school here in Ireland, I I used to kind of talk about the NFL to a bunch of people in in my year group because again it wasn't really big at that time. You knew who the NFL fans were. Now it's it's much it's much larger. Like everybody knows about the NFL over here now. You you can't walk down into town in in Dublin and not see an NFL jersey somewhere. There's pubs here specifically for watching NFL games. Um, but yeah, like at, at the time we were just talking about, like you knew who was a Bears fan, who was a Patriots fan, who was a Colts fan at the time. And I think one of the first times I remember in school um, being able to talk about the Bears was against one of my friends who was a Colts fan. And it was the year that the Bears made the Super Bowl. <laughs> so it was a, a lot of rivalry that year, but obviously it wasn't the best ending. But yeah, like for me, like I said, while I live quite far away, it was very, I guess, normal for me because I'd come back every single year, talk to the same people about the team. So even though you're kind of far away, you're still keeping up to date. Um, but yeah, I think where my fandom started, where like the, I guess the the crazy fan in me that like is it, that is invested in everything to do with the bears including the draft was i think it was the year that the bears took cedric benson in in the draft because i all i remember is my uncle coming back to dublin for like the first time in like 15 or 16 years and i'm going god damn bears took a running back so early on in the draft and i'm and i'm like oh who and he mentioned i remember just like looking him up the whole time and yeah from from there i think that was a point in time where over here, the NFL started getting bigger. Um, so they started showing like the highlights of it every single week on Sky Sports. And then it started to get to where you could watch specific games and then Game Pass became better where we could watch essentially any single game you wanted. And since that, that's kind of been the case, 
I don't think I missed a game, even if there was a game that started at like two or three o'clock in the morning. And like, still have to do it, still have to watch it. I remember being in work, working at a bar and having my phone in the corner watching Bears games, even though I knew we were going to lose the game. But yeah, that, that's kind of that's kind of me, like very sim- similar to most Bears fans in terms of you kind of grow up into it because everybody else in in your family is. And it's something that I used to kind of keep me connected to all the people I knew in Chicago at the time. So I try and get over there as much as I can. And I didn't get to go the last two years. The last game I got to go to was against the Raiders in, in London. But me and a bunch of the guys from the podcast are actually going to be going to Chicago in October for a Thursday night football against the Washington Commanders. Still a stupid name, but still, that's what <laughs> we're planning on doing this year. Andrew, um, so you mentioned you came over on a study abroad program. You were down in Miami, but somehow you got to talk. You got to be obsessed with the Bears, and I know the answer, but I, I want you to tell that story. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, I, I studied abroad as part of an international program. Um, ended up at the University of Miami, and kind of before that, didn't really have any uh, interest or much of an understanding of kind of American football or gridiron, as as we call it in Australia. Pretty quickly realized after going to a few tailgates that you know they they're kind of the best thing in the world. So got got super into uh, college football pretty quickly, and was fortunate that I had um, a roommate who wrote for in some capacity for a student paper like the sporting stuff and the student paper so he'd sit next to me and explain he explained all the rules to me you know like what what third and two means you know what what the hell a fair catch is and all that kind of stuff so that was really helpful in kind of getting up to speed quickly on the game and then kind of the dolphins weren't very good so i was kind of kicking around for a team to support um and through him i got introduced to devon hester watching kind of his highlights on uh, on YouTube um, so then kind of you know put two and two together and you know he's he's was obviously at Chicago at the time in 2010 uh, so started following the Bears and then I ended up in Thanksgiving uh, sorry in Chicago for my first American Thanksgiving through a, a, a really good lifelong friend of mine that I'm, I made through playing water polo at Miami his family invited me and about eight other Australians um, over to Chicago for Thanksgiving that was like the first time a lot of us had seen snow and seen you know that kind of midwest winter and his mother who's a, a, a wonderful person they actually they run a restaurant in Chicago called the Wildwood Tavern like a sports bar um, I'd never met her before in my life but she um, kind of picked us up from the airport and um, had that Devin Hester Bears jersey kind of waiting for me so that was it after that you know locked it in and went back to Australia it was a little bit tricky watching from australia like the noon games (laughs) the noon games in chicago were 2 a.m on a monday morning so that was a little bit rough but i used to get up fortunately we had you know a a back room at home so i could get up and not not annoy mum or dad or any of that kind of stuff Uh, and then i I actually uh worked in australia for three years and then came back um always wanted to move back to the states um so got a job over here and i was placed in atlanta um, couldn't choose where I went. It was just where I happened to to end up. And that just so happened to be the year that Devin Hester went from Chicago to Atlanta. So I was kind of in the city. He was there. Not sure how many people bought the uh, Devin Hester Atlanta Falcons jersey you can see in the background. But I was, you know, proudly, proudly wear that around. Um, but the Bears were always my team. Um, so I followed them. Um, 
very jealous to hear that Heidi's seen two victories because uh, <laughs> I've actually been to nine games, including I used to, the, the family that I met in Chicago, one of the uncles, Uncle Lou, had a season ticket. So I used to fly back from Australia once a year to catch a game. So I went to three of those while I was still living in Australia. And then when I was in Atlanta, I went over to it for a few. And then since I've been in New York, I've seen the Bears a couple of times. So nine games for nine losses. Um, <laughs> I've kind of been told by people not to go anymore. And that includes, I went to two games in 2018 when they were, you know, 12 and four, and they were both losses as well. It was the, uh, the overtime loss to the Giants in New York. It was pouring down rain. Um, it's when Tarek Cohen threw the touchdown to Miller. And I was in Chicago for a wedding and it was a last minute call up to the actual to the groom's party because <laughs> there was a no show. So as a thank you, the uh, the kind of my buddy who was the groom and, and the wife got me uh, organized this to go to the Patriots game, you know, which we obviously lost that one as well. So yeah, Bears play twice in New York this year. I, I plan to be there, but maybe I maybe I probably shouldn't go. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a heck of a record to follow you around. Let's let's move on to the next question. So, uh, what does this team mean to you? So, specifically, like day to day life, like you know, you're you're Bears fans. You're on Bears Twitter. You know, one of you started a whole podcast channel uh, about the Bears. Um, you know, you interact with people and players and you know you're, you've got gear like all that stuff like what does this team mean to you like on a on a daily basis on a seasonal basis uh, as you go through your life okay mostly for me it's like honoring my dad because he was a huge fan of, of NFL football so that's pretty much it and I also I think it's maybe there are many ways to watch other sports on TV, but now in Mexico, NFL is a big deal from some years to the day. So I am able to watch every game I want with this NFL Sunday ticket mm -hmm. or any streaming, but mostly NFL Sunday ticket because I watch all the games I can, not only Bears games. I don't know. There are many, many, many women in Mexico that like uh, football, but not here in Acapulco. So my group of people are mostly men, actually my neighbors. We some, sometimes I go up and, and watch the games with them. Uh, but it's pretty fun, pretty fun to talk, to talk about football with them. And also we have this uh, fantasy football uh, groups. I have one from Latin American people, and the other one is only Bears fans from uh, Mexico. That's pretty much fun. And we have a huge uh, chat uh, uh, with Bears fans only. And <laughs> sometimes they, there's, it's like divided. There's always the positive ones, like mm. Heidi <laughs> and some others, and the ones that are always, always, angry and it's it's a lot of fun so it's a daily basis to me because there's this chat and we talk every day and as you know i'm very uh active on twitter not only bears talk i only i i actually uh, i talk about politics a lot maybe that's boring to everybody else 
but that's in Spanish, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, there's uh, I have two two more friends that, and we're planning on um, uh, having a new making a new show with our Fanaticosos Fanaticosos podcast. It's our Bears uh, podcast in Spanish, but we're making another one with only girls only, and it's mm. gonna be fun. We're gonna try to look at the humane side on of every player. That's our goal because mm. stats, numbers, plays, that's already taken care of with every podcast we know. So we're gonna try to do this uh, different thing about the human side of every player. So that's our project. We're gonna start maybe in June and it's gonna be in Spanish, <laughs> but I hope it's gonna be a good one. It's great. So yes, I pretty much, I wear something every day. <laughs> <laughs> Even my, my cars, uh, keychain, everything is bears here. I yeah. am the only one at home that watches the football. So yeah, I'm very I'm very lonely here. So that's why I'm always <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> we'll we'll have to get you up to Chicago. Uh, so Karen, uh, what about you? Yeah. Like again, again, big part of your life. You know, you you've made this into a a side hustle uh, to some extent. So um, what about you? What does this team mean to you, like on a day to day basis? It's yeah, I talk about this team way way too often, even with the people that have no idea about the NFL, like. You probably know yourself, it's, I guess, when you talk about the team, you are preparing to do shows, you're doing all this kind of extra work, but it's stuff that you really enjoy. So that that's kind of where I'm at with, with the Bears. It's everything that I, I do, it's because it's enjoyment. And for me, it's, it's just one of those that, the reason we started is we wanted to make sure that kind of fans around the world and no matter what type of fan like how do you said it there's going to be fans that are really positive it's going to be fans that are really negative and what we try and do is get into the middle somewhere so everybody can enjoy a podcast we try and get as many people involved we try and listen to people to know kind of what they want to hear about because it's at the end of the day it's our favorite team like we're not the like none of us are going to be on kind of whatever it is, chicagobears.com, where you have to do everything associated with what the team wants. This is, I try and do it for kind of what us as fans want. And like you're saying, and this question is really good that for most people that become Bears fans, this team means everything to them. Like I have two of my cousins in America, for example, I, I have a group chat with them, right? And they're the two most opposite people. So one is negative about everything. doesn't matter. <laughs> like it, it was the typical one where he may have been, where one of them was like, we need to get a quarterback la last year in the draft. And same guy as once they get Justin Fields, like, oh, another Ohio State quarterback. Going to be terrible. <laughs> like it's, it, it's very, it, it's so typical. And then the other one is, is very kind of even keeled and just like, let's just wait and see how, how it is. So it's, using that and seeing how that happens is what we try and do for this show is kind of make sure that I guess everybody's represented. And that's why I think this question is important because you hear from us three now and you wouldn't expect anything less to say like this team means a lot to people. You 
wear your bears gear with pride like there's a group of people that go and travel to chicago from all around the world every single year because they love the team like we all have different stories but at the same time everybody wants what's best for the chicago bears maybe people want it in different ways but again we all kind of come to the same conclusion and that's all i can kind of say here that the reason why i wanted to start it is honestly the first part of it was at a couple of friends that we'd always talk about bears and text and we're like let's just do a show and just be able to kind of shoot the crap and just talk about the bears and people just started to enjoy it so we just kind of continued it on on from there so and I think there's a lot of Bears fans that feel the same. Um, and that's what we've kind of heard over the last year or so, where we get some feedback from people where it, that's where we always try and read out everybody's comments because we're like, it's really important to hear from what what this team means to everybody because we all think it means one thing, but then you hear another story. And it, it, it's I find that really interesting because – like we've three different people, right? One from Mexico, one from Ireland, one from Australia, and all in different ways come together and while have a different story, still have the same love for this team. And it's it's really good to see. And like that I think that's what it means to me is that it's kind of that togetherness. And for me it was it goes back to kind of your first question was it's what kind of gave me my link back to my family in Chicago. So again it for me it means quite a lot because it's both personal but also it's my favorite sports team andrew what about you um i'm i'm, I'm curious uh you know newer fan right you don't have a you don't have a childhood connection to this you made this connection as an adult and obviously through a certain you know a specific favorite player and you don't have a podcast that I know about. Um, so so, so there's that. But I know that you're a big supporter of podcasts. Obviously, you have an excellent shirt on yeah. uh, to, to prove yeah. that as well. So, um, uh, so so, what about you? What does this team mean to you? Yeah, great question, JB. And really well answered by Heidi and Kieran. I hope I can kind of follow up after those two. Um, I'd love to hear kind of, Kieran, about your, your podcast. Um, I don't follow enough Bears content as it is. I could definitely make room for some more. But yeah, I guess it's like similar to, to, to kind of what's already been covered. It's definitely, even though it's more recent, it's definitely kind of part of my identity now being a Bears fan. You know, it's something that I chose. And there's a lot of kind of Australians back home, you know, follow the Patriots because they like Tom Brady, right? Kind of proud to have, you know, had my own story for actually and a connection to the Bears and, and it's definitely, um, yeah, it became part of my identity. And, you know, whenever I go home or whenever I see someone on the street, you know, someone will always kind of add some Bears news or some Bears banter because, you know, they know how closely I follow it and how much of it I consume. I, I, a good example is, you know, I, I like that people think about me that way. In, like, you know, when you're watching Monday Night Football, the Steelers game, and my phone's blowing up because, you know, all my buddies, you know, from Australia or in, you know, in the US or whatever, they're obviously all watching the game and everyone's texting me to say how bad the refereeing's doing, right? Like everyone kind of thinks about me when they think about Chicago. So I guess that's kind of something that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy I've ended up in that place. Um, and then it's just all like there's always more news coming out, right? Like the NFL does such a good job at kind of controlling the fixture. Um, there's only a couple of weeks a year. I'm sure you guys know this, you know, better than I do because you, you, you cover it. Um, 
So, you know, there's always something, whether it's a schedule release or the draft or, you know, the undrafted rookie signing. So it's, it's kind of one of those things where it never gets boring because there's always new information coming out. And even now with like the change in kind of administration and coaching, um, you know, it, games are exciting again for a different reason, right? Like we're not trying to win a, a Super Bowl this year. Um, we may, fingers crossed, but, you know, we're, we're building and there's like a whole different kind of um, feel around that. But there's always something. So that's um, that's kind of how I'd sum it up. This one's easy. And I know part of two of your answers. Well, at least I think. But I want you to tell me who your favorite player is, either all time. So anybody, if you want to say Bronco Nagurski, who played in the 1930s, is your favorite player, that's fine. Like, but generally, probably somebody that you watched, you know, someone that you've read about and that you really like, um, you know, maybe highlights or whatever. But I also want you to tell me on the current roster, and Heidi, this is an important distinction. They have to have an active contract with the Chicago Bears as of this moment. So. So your answer for current roster cannot be Akeem Hicks. But let's start with you. Who's your all-time favorite player and your current roster favorite player? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to try. No, my all-time favorite player has to be, of course, Sweetness. Okay. Walter Payton. And the reason is everybody knows, but also being too uh, – the, the difficult – difficult to watch games and and back then here in mexico he was so famous i could get uh, i could reach him everywhere news books uh movies everything so and everybody knows who he is and he has to be forever the best player very um a complete athlete so that's that's the main reason. And my current player, uh, uh, it has to be Justin Fields because okay. he is so strong-minded that I know that he can, he can go past, he can leave the past year behind and, and prove everybody that he's the, the elite quarterback we are waiting for, we need. So, uh, and I like, I like him. A lot. <laughs> so, well, there'll, there'll be a question about fields later, but I, I want to, I do want to ask you specifically about Akeem Hicks. So, you seem to have had a nice relationship with Akeem Hicks online. Uh, he interacted with you at least once, if not multiple times. You were clearly leading the charge as probably president of his fan club. So, like, tell us a little bit about what attracted you so much to Akeem Hicks, the person. Uh, I love how he speaks, if that makes any sense. Sure. He speaks, I don't know, he, he's a very nice person. He's a, a, an amazing human being. He, he does good things for everybody. And he's always true to himself. And, uh, again, very well-spoken guy. Um, he's very passionate. His passion is, is amazing. It makes everybody feel as passionate as him. And uh, yeah, he, he interacts. He, he used to interact a lot on Twitter with me many, many times. He called me his best friend, his uh, family. <laughs> and uh, uh, he actually said once that nobody, nobody has to question our relationship. And I was like, 
oh my god do we have a, are we in a relationship <laughs> it's all fun it's all fun i like him very much he's but mostly his passion that's the thing i love about him and he's he's a great player and oh, a great yeah. leader and a friend to everybody great. you can see that how he treats every all his guys when they leave the bears to go everywhere else he still roots for them and it's like a like a dad in a way mm. for them mm -hmm. and that's that's it it's just all fun i love it karen what about you all-time favorite player um and then somebody on the current roster who you got this one's tough um because i think everybody would say sweetness when it comes to all-time favorite but i'm gonna I'm going to go past that because that's that would be my number one, but just to do a little bit different for watching the team growing up. I think the player that gave me kind of the most excitement growing up was probably Pino Tillman. Is, it was just one of those that it's like that quick play, Pino punch, and everybody just goes ballistic. And that kind of electricity, there's not a lot of players that were able to do that. Obviously, likes of like Devin Hester on kick returns and stuff we had that but there wasn't too much other than that like obviously there was some really good defenses but a lot of it kind of came because of turnovers and he was one of the main guys that was able to do that so that's why I would say him in terms of just in, I guess the I guess recent past I'll say like overall when when you go back I think it's very hard for people not to pick Walter Payton just because of how great he was and he kind of even I, I guess around the world he put the team on the map like I talked to my, to my mom who has no idea about anything to do with the Chicago Bears but she knows about Walter Payton <laughs> and so like there's there's things like that but now it's very similar to Heidi just because I've been an Ohio State fan for the last 10 years or so and I think from the first show on our on our podcast, I think I was just like, Bears need to go get Justin Fields. Bears need to go get Justin Fields. So I think I, I would be lying on the show if I tried to come up with a different answer because it's by far Justin Fields. I think I already have like four jerseys and it's only been a year. So like it's it's definitely wow. one of those. Yeah. I have like the orange, the white, and two blues. So yeah. <laughs> the white or the throwback? uh the throwback okay good to know andrew i i've got a pretty good idea on who your all-time favorite player is but Robbie i Gold. don't but I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know who your current roster guy is yeah no surprises for all time tester like everyone talks about is that i watch a lot of sport and a lot of different sports there's, there's never never has there been another thing where it's like they're punting put everything down and just watch the screen you know it's just it was such a cool feeling um and i kind of caught the tail end of his career but um you know, I did. I think my YouTube algorithm's broken from the number of times I've watched that Super Bowl kick return. Right, like uh, <laughs> I'll have a few beers and I'll just sit down on the couch and watch it a couple of times. It's, it's pretty sweet. And then the current player, I'm I'm all in on Roquan Smith. I actually think I think I mentioned it to you, JB. I think he's a a very good value pick for defensive player of the year this year. So I've already had a little bit of a dabble online just because you know underneath the new coach and the new system. He's kind of been so close so many times. He's got the statistics to kind of back it up. I'm and he's in a contract year, right? So he's super motivated. So I just feel like this could be a really good 
really good year for Roquan and kind of calling that out to anyone that'll listen, you know, before he starts blowing up. I'm going to move on to uh, your game day ritual. So, so Heidi, you, you say you, you watch with uh, people in your, in your uh, area that you know, your, 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 for your friends in the, in the building complex. Um, do you, are you watching like on your couch or are you going to, to a specific bar? Do you wear the same thing? Are you superstitious, right? Like, uh, oh, I wore this and they won last week. So I'm going to wear it again. Like that kind of stuff. What, what kind of rituals and where do you watch games? I'm pretty much in, I'm pretty much inconsistent. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I watch. <laughs> I watch at home uh, because my friends are not Bears fans, so they are probably watching their games at the same time. So I watch at home, and I, I yeah, inconsistent is the word. I wear uh, sometimes I wear a jersey if. Things are not going well. I just take it off and put another one on, or, or just a t-shirt, um, <laughs> or a hat. Uh, but no, I don't have a, a ritual. It has to be something bears on me. But it it it, it changes a lot. <laughs> I, sometimes I just put on some uh, retired player jersey on, or also always something to drink on a bear's cup or and that's pretty much it because again i watch alone on a couch and but i scream a lot so my neighbors know i am watching football my neighbors from uh two blocks from here maybe (laughs) everybody knows i laugh a lot and everybody knows i scream and sometimes i cry sadly (laughs) Yeah, but I've cried a lot. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, no ritual. Okay. Per se, just wearing something and having fun every game, every game. I don't care if they are doing awful. I watch every game I can. Sometimes I'm out and I I can't watch because I'm on a family something or at the beach or anything. But if I'm I if I'm watching the game, I have to be there. I. I don't care if they are zero and 11, I'm going to watch. Great. Karen, what about you? Got any rituals? I actually do. Um, And it's evolved over time. Um, So when I was younger, I used to, because I used to get a couple of jerseys each year. I used to have a home and away one. And based on what the bears are wearing is what I would wear. (laughs) So that was one. Um, and then now my fiance is a Patriots fan. It's weird. She's from New York and yet she's a Patriots fan. It doesn't under don't it doesn't compute in my head. But I always do a fist bump with her before any Bears game. Ha- have to do it. And it's it's just one of those little things. But yeah, I watch most of the games on on my couch because I'm a very animated fan. Um I don't like list I don't like watching in silence. I'm very into it nobody would like our channel would have gotten deleted if, if they if i was on a live while cody parkey <laughs> was taking that kick because oh. it was it was not a fun time i think like at that time i was living in an apartment complex i'd say and we were on like the sixth floor i think the people on the ground floor probably heard me when when that kick hit the post so yeah it's it's kind of the simple stuff i kind of watch on my couch get your normal like either wings or pizza and just try and enjoy 
enjoy the game. I'm usually way more animated at the beginning and the middle of the season, but the end, the Bears have usually crushed my hopes, and I'm just like, ah, it <laughs> doesn't matter. But yeah, that's that's really me when it comes to to Bears games. So yeah, I I prefer watching Bears games at home and being able to kind of listen to what's going on. If I'm going to like, if I'm gonna watch a playoff game or something, I'll probably go to the pub and watch it and be with a bunch of friends that all support different teams and do it that way. But yeah, for, for Bears games, I, I prefer the comfort of my own living room. Uh, Andrew, what about you? Uh, rituals, watching games uh, with friends or alone or, you know, do you do you scare your, your friends when you're watching games? <laughs> <laughs> just real quick on the double doing, I just, I didn't go to work the next day and no one said anything. It was the same thing. I just, I just didn't go to work. I was like, well, no, nah, I just need to be alone for a little while. Um, but, uh, but moving on, <laughs> I've been pretty lucky, I guess, at the last five or six years I've been in New York. Uh, I've lived with two roommates, two of my best mates, who just happen to be Australian as well. So, you know, what it's like move across the other side of the world to live with two guys from home. But um, we all moved to New York at, at about the same time. And and Kieran, uh, Kieran, Kieran Dwyer and Paul uh, Morello are their names. And Kieran actually played... I played gridiron with him in Australia after I got back from Miami. He was the quarterback. Um, so he's super into the NFL as well, Atlanta Falcons fan. Um, and our other mate, uh, Paul, he is a Titans fan. And the reason he's a Titans fan is because he went to Nashville and had an awesome weekend. So now he's a Titans fan. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so we kind of, Sundays are kind of like uh, our day, uh, like the boys' day. So we kind of um, would go to a bar um, in New York. It's, it, it's pretty squares. I'm sure it is everywhere else. Uh, you know, you can kind of go into a sports bar and they'll have 30 screens with 30 different games on. So we just try and get there early enough um, and kind of sweet talk a few people so we can have, you know, Bears, Falcons, Titans kind of next to each other. Um, and, and that's kind of where we'll uh, we'll post up for, for Sundays. Um, it'd be a little bit awkward if anyone's playing anyone, but, you know... <laughs> Uh, yeah, we can, we tend to kind of create our own space with the yelling at the at the at the games that we do, but it, it's been really good fun. One of the storylines in the off season for sure is that uh, the McCaskies look like they're acquiring some land in Arlington Heights. Uh, looks like they're starting to set the plans for moving out of Soldier Field, building a new stadium. Um, in that area and I'm curious you guys have all been to games multiple games honestly you guys have all been to more games than I have um, and so what do you guys think about this move here does this does this something that you're excited about for a new stadium or are you sad to see Soldier Field go maybe both um, do, do you think they shouldn't do this like just what are your thoughts are on this new stadium Heidi we'll start with you again uh well being from uh from another country to me it's like there's no difference if I'm moving to to uh, if I'm traveling to Chicago. There, uh, it's the same to me. If I have to go somewhere else to watch the game, because I've done it before, like in Dallas, the the Dallas Cowboys they don't play in Dallas, so you have to go there. And also in New York, uh, you have to travel <laughs> pretty far to, to go to the Giants Stadium. Um, so it, to me, it's exactly the same. But uh, of course, it's pretty exciting to have a bigger stadium with, you know, m modern, state of the art, and everything. So, to me, it's both. 
it's both because being on the on the city and the surroundings and everything in Chicago and Soldier Field is very nice. But uh, again, I wouldn't mind to go anywhere else about an hour or an hour and a half or to watch a game. So whatever happens, I'm okay with. I think for me, I get the Bears fans that want to stay there because you're in you're in the city. You're <laughs> I know that I never understand the argument that oh it can't be called the Chicago Bears. I'm sorry, but if like the San Francisco 49ers can play up in Santa Clara, you can still call them the Chicago Bears. But for me, at the start, I was thinking no soldier. It's you feel like it's part of the Bears, but then you go to other stadiums, and I remember I worked in Pittsburgh for three months in the summer. And I got to go to Heinz Field and I was like, okay, this is this is good. All the amenities are right there. There's a casino right beside it. Uh, you get to enjoy that. Then, what was it, three or so years ago when the Bears played at Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium in London. And I was like, okay, this is a legit stadium. This is what you want to feel like. Like It was freezing cold outside. And I've mentioned this on our show before. It was freezing cold where everybody has jackets on, coats on. It was raining at the time. Everybody goes into the stadium and you can take your jackets off and everybody's just in their jerseys because it's warm in the stadium. And you have all the amenities. There's free, there's Wi-Fi there where it actually works. Like at the end of the day, at some point in time, if you want to become a best-in-class organization, it starts with your facilities. And we've seen them improve house hall like at the end of the day house hall is not in chicago that's where the bears are located so at the end of the day i don't have a problem i would look i've always said it before is if they were able to reconstruct soldier field to be this massive stadium that was amazing this first in class where people can tailgate if they want to tailgate even if they don't have tickets to the game the problem is a lot of people can't even do that um so i'm all for it um I know it's it's going to be a bit longer for a lot of folks to get to the games, but look, most people that are going to Bears games are leaving at 8, 9 a.m. anyway. So for me, I just think is you need to get with the times. We want to see this organization improve. And for me, this is the first step in, in well, maybe the second step after Hall's Hall and actually improving the infrastructure around the organization. Because if you don't have that in place, it's very hard to in turn, put in place a very good football team as well. Because you need everything working hand in hand. And I think this is a good first step for the Bears. Now the whole thing is they just better not screw it up. <laughs> Andrew, whatever, what about your thoughts? You've been to a few stadiums around the, the U.S. So what is your perspective on the Bears potentially building a new one? Yeah, I'm completely on board with Heidi and Kieran. Like, I think it's... Um, so do you feel while it's kind of sentimental, I probably not as connected to it sentimentally as you know others may be. You know, like to Heidi's point, um, the you know the Giants and the Jets play in the in the Meadowlands, but they still show like the you know, when they're on the TV, you know, the skyline of New York. You know, every time is the cutaway, so you can still show the lakefront. Um, and yeah, it's just like it's super exciting. I kind of work in finance, so I'm kind of super pumped to see it from like a business perspective. You know, like. I think JB, you've said on your show a couple of times, the Bears are the only team in the NFL that don't own their own stadium. Um, and kind of comparing, you know, the facilities at Soldier Field, 
you know, compared to Jerry World, um, you know, it's just like they're so far apart and you can see how from a business perspective, how important that is, right? You know, owning your own stadium, um, you know, having all these sources of revenue kind of casinos or hotels or bars and stuff kind of all funneling back into the team. I think it's super important um, long-term. And, and I don't really kind of fully know the, the implication, but I'm sure it kind of helps with, you know, attracting free agents and things like that. You know, if it's in a, it's a, a cool indoor stadium, um, people say, you know, Bears play or bear weather football they haven't kind of really done that for a long time and and i'm i'm all in on you know giving us every chance to be successful right so like i i like the idea of kind of justin field throwing bombs in a big indoor stadium yeah they're one of the few that don't own their stadium there's there's others like the chargers don't own theirs they they rent from the uh, the Rams and I don't know who owns New York stadium or whatever, but you know, there's, they share that stadium. So uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely, they're, they're few. Now, if they did, that would overall raise the value of the, 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 their franchise value, which I think is probably what they're doing to set up to sell. Um, which should or, be a reason why bears fans want this to happen because yeah. everybody complains about the McCaskies. If you want the McCaskies to sell, this is a, a very important piece that needs to happen for them to actually sell. Otherwise it's not going to be financially viable for them to actually do it. Yeah. You want them to sell and then the new person to build the stadium because yeah. the, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You do not want the McCaskies <laughs> to build the stadium because they will go cheap. I would have let Ryan Pace build the stadium. I feel like he would have done a good job. Yeah, sure. That would have been fine for him. I, I think he just probably should have stayed. That though, yeah. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so the last full question. I'll give you guys a final thoughts round two. But um, last full question, I want to talk about this group in particular, why you're here. So the NFL, you know, when I was growing up, the NFL, in my mind, was like mostly an American game in terms of its appeal. And I think at some point in my early childhood, the NFL sort of overtook baseball. You know, growing up, the people talked about baseball as America's pastime. And and I, I never really felt like that was true because football just had such a, a bigger appeal. Now, if you go back and watch games in the late 80s and 90s, they're not that much fun to watch. Um, but I certainly liked them as a kid. And so to me, the football has always been the biggest game in, in, in the U.S., but you know, you had the world league where you had some European teams, you know, you had some, you, you had some efforts to try to play an occasional game um, outside of the U S but in recent years, they really have tried to add games outside of the U S there's, there's an international series they've played in Mexico city. Um, you know, th there is a little bit more. So I want to hear from you guys, which I, I love the, the makeup here. We have, uh, Heidi from Mexico. Uh, we got Kieran from from representing Europe. Um, you know, and and then of course Andrew, 
they're not going to Australia to play a game. And so I want to know from your guys' perspective, though, you know, you're just you know, each a little further away from from the U.S. and how it has uh, in your lifetime changed and, and permeated where you where you're at and where you live and how that's grown. So, Heidi, let's let's start with with our southern neighbor in Mexico. OK, well, it's like a uh, it's pretty much like a phenomenon here because uh, of course, we have only one game in Mexico, and either if your your uh, favorite team is playing or not, everybody has to go. Everybody wants to go. So I know if the Bears come to Mexico, I don't think I'm going to be able to to go and see them because it's almost impossible to get tickets. Almost impossible, and uh, even maybe it may be. Uh, more expensive to watch them to me to watch them in Mexico City than to go to a game somewhere else in Chicago or any other city in the US, which is pretty funny because how so? Uh, because I don't live in Mexico City and for a start it's a plane ticket or a bus ticket and to get tickets to a game in Estadio Azteca and any any uh, team, it's impossible. The tickets get sold in the first three minutes when they are available, three minutes or maybe less. So if I have a chance, I would try to, of course, because being there, just being there, your team playing in your hometown in, in, in your country must be crazy. But uh well, I, let's hope one day, every year is the same. We're going to have, maybe they're going to go, maybe they're going to come because the Raiders are playing the, the Bears and they, and they go to the, the UK, right? And then this year and then another year and then another year and we're still waiting. Yeah, I hope, I hope soon I will be able to go to Estadio Azteca, but I am okay if I don't because it's really difficult to get the tickets. Uh, I may I may go to Mexico City around the time they they uh, either either this time it's going to be the Cardinals right and uh, blah, blah, blah. which other uh, 49ers you see the 49ers uh, and the Car sounds, yeah I think right. I I think so I may go to Mexico City and look around because there's a lot of things going on NFL events going on mm -hmm. uh, but that's pretty much about it. What about you, Karen? What what what's your perspective on the growth of the NFL in Europe, Ireland in particular, or just Europe in general? Um, you know, the international series has that paid off for the NFL, or is it more of opening up the streaming, Game Pass, things like that? Yeah, I, I think it's a mixture of Game Pass and then the sports channels here. Um, so we have Sky Sports here that basically have um they used to only have one channel and they'd pick like one game at the noon game they'd pick one of the late games and then they'd have like thursday night football and sunday night football as well um but then from there they got a second on one of their other channels they now show red zone as well so most people watch that um but yeah game pass was kind of a revelation for a lot of people because it meant that they got to watch the team that they wanted to inherit like I said, growing up in Dublin, you wouldn't see many jerseys around. Um, now you 
can't go into the city without seeing something like whether it be obviously i think the for the game having high profile players like tom brady where a lot of people gravitated towards you see a lot of patriots fans especially with a lot of an irish contingent that live in boston um but just in general in europe it's massive like they're selling out three four games in in london every single year and like heidi said it's impossible to get tickets for them like you can get tickets if it's a I guess a reasonable matchup, like when it was like the Jets against the Jags. Like, yeah, you mm-hmm. can get tickets for it. But like the Bears game against the Raiders, I got tickets the day it opened, and they were not very good tickets, and I paid a lot of money for them. And then as I got closer to the game, I got offered different tickets that were closer, and I went to literally just I tried to just get rid of the tickets, the other ones from what I paid, and it literally took thirty seconds before somebody wanted them like it's it's insane how quickly that does happen and like it's you're starting to see it now there's what three games in london one in munich you saw like all the nfl announcement that they have the affiliate countries now for certain teams that just makes me think they're just gonna keep expanding they'll have one in spain they'll have one in germany they'll have one in like italy and france because all over Europe, it's just so popular. It's the same with the NBA. Like it, that just has become such a popular thing, and it's the accessibility. Like growing up, when you could only see the odd game or the highlights, or when it gets to like the Super Bowl, like everybody would do it. Like people go out partying here for the Super Bowl. Like every single club in Dublin is packed of people watching the Super Bowl, right? So it's always been big, but I think there's more, I guess, diehard fans now. And I guess it, it, I guess with the increase in accessibility, the increase with social media and people being involved on that as well, kind of brings to it. And then also kind of, I guess the podcast to where you get to like listen to your favorite team rather than having to listen to national guys where you may have to listen to six episodes before they actually mention your team. So like there's, there's things like that, but, we see it here like we get college football games like i think it's nebraska and northwestern are playing in dublin in september and then it's like army and navy the following or notre dame and navy the following year and i'm hoping it's only a matter of time before there's an nfl game in dublin because it would be absolute carnage here and it would be so much fun i think any fan group that would be coming from the states to dublin will realize just how much kind of there's a fandom over here like i everything with covid right nobody got to um go out with their work colleagues right so i started a a new job probably the july that covid hit and i only met i only met my colleagues in person like six months ago and didn't realize that every single person that's on my team supports a different nfl team Hmm. like so it, it is it is massive and like where I know notice the difference is like my little cousins that are like four, five, six are into a lot of the American sports as well as the kind of popular sports here. So I don't like I don't know about other parts of the world, but I think and I think a lot of people know it here that the likes of the NBA and NFL are probably the two fastest growing sports in Europe, just because they're a lot of fun to watch there's a lot more people involved in watching them like we have an irish league here 
where there's a bunch like I played I played American football for my college here like there's and now I think when I played there was like six or seven teams I think there's like 16 or 17 right now and there's different leagues so it's it's gotten very very big I know there's other ones that are in Germany and France have leagues there as well and it's only a matter of time before you start to see some of those players kind of integrate in I know there was one or two guys that um from Ireland that that declared for the NFL draft I think one guy got was a kicker and I think he got a UDFA contract with the Panthers or something like that and another guy went to the Saints but you're going to start to see that because it's just getting big to where I guess it's similar when we talk about kind of soccer for the American fans that as it grows you'll start seeing some of the premier athletes in those countries gravitate to the sports that they're they enjoy the most and that's when you'll start to see guys from i guess go into those sports like we always say okay why is usa not really really good at soccer if they have this huge population all these brilliant athletes because you see them in the nba you see them in the nhl baseball and football it's because well soccer wasn't that popular but now you're with the i think it's that's the difference right so the premier league is so big now in in america that like all my cousins friends will talk to me about it and i'm like oh that's really cool that you get to see that and i think it's just the vice versa with the nfl here that when you get more accessibility to a sport that's interesting to watch you're just going to see more of the fanfare more people pick their teams and it just becomes more fun and i think in europe especially it's just become this crazy thing like i don't think you can walk in a city in europe now without seeing some jersey or hoodie i was i said on the podcast the weirdest one was i was walking down in one of the streets in dublin probably two months ago and i saw a dude with a chase claypool hoodie on so like it's it's a it's it's fun just to be able to kind of talk to different people talk about the the game that i think a lot of people love now awesome andrew what about down under to get all the way over there? Yeah, never say never, JB, because I actually I had a vague recollection and the 2017 college season actually kicked off in Sydney. It was Stanford versus Rice. So there you go. There's been a college football game. But I do agree that NFL is unlikely. Um, uh, but I can speak, like even in my time, so when I, I moved back to live in the United States in 2014, so I've been here, what, eight years um, and in that time, it kind of blows my mind how much NFL was taken off um, back in Australia. Um, you know, before I kind of went, it was, you know, I was the diehard Bear fan um, and there was a couple of other people that would follow Tom Brady, right? Um, but now, like, every time I go back, there's, you know, different hats. You see every team. Um, whenever I'm coming back, like, the the number one kind of give re- request from friends and family. And interestingly enough, for a lot of kind of buddies who have just had kids, um, you know, and have little kids back home. Like, hey, can you bring back, you know, a, a Colts hat or, a, you know, a, you know, a Bears bucket hat or a jersey? Um, so it, it is blowing up. And the time difference makes the Sunday games tough because it's usually kind of kind of bounces between 12 and 14 hours. But it actually works really well for, like, the afternoon and night games. Um, so, like, I was back in Australia kind of over Christmas um, while the playoffs were on, and it was fantastic. Like the first game would start at like 11 a.m. and you'd go through to like 6 p.m. So like I was sitting there kind of watching that in 
40 degrees when you know it's snowing in green bay and i'm kind of cheering for the 49ers um so it, it's definitely kind of taking off there and 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 to kiran's point about players like australia seems to have kind of a monopoly on all the punters coming through college football into the <laughs> so so that's there's actually a company i forget exactly what it's called but they specialize in I think about this for a target market. So they basically take Australian football players, not rugby, like Australian rules. It actually comes out of Gaelic football, which Kiran would know about. Um, it's, it's very much like the whole game is punting the whole time, kicking it around. They kind of take players out of high school that don't quite make it or aren't going to quite make the professional league and channel them to colleges in the in the U.S., um, I think it's called Ozpunt or something. I'd have to look it up. But they've been doing that for probably 10 years now. And I think it's like the whole reason for that kind of funnel because, you know, it makes sense for, for those guys. They're all getting, you know, signed on scholarships in, in Australia. Um, and we have the uh, the kind of gridiron league um, back home. It's what, it's what I played in with with uh, my, my old roommate, Kieran. Uh, and you know that's there's there's more and more people starting to play that like when i was bouncing around that it, it was a little bit of a joke but um we had a a buddy who got picked up um adam gotsis is his name he went to georgia tech on a full scholarship um is the biggest human human being who's ever like i know <laughs> um but he uh he got actually drafted in the second round by the broncos the year they won the um, championship. So there, there, are, there are players at kind of skill positions and, and, and offensive and defensive lines start to, to filter their way into the NFL as well. There was the um, the year the uh, the year that the the uh, that the, uh, the, um, that Philly won um, with with Nick Foles. I remember they had the last pick in the NFL draft, and they took a flyer on some huge Australian rugby player that had, you know, never played NFL before. And and now he's the, he just signed his first kind of like starting left tackle job and he's the starting left tackle of that team. So it's definitely taking hold. More and more people are, are, are playing it back home, kind of getting filtered through the college system and and definitely kind of, you know, everyone kind of is, is watching it. So it, it's it's definitely well ingrained there. But I, I agree with you, the, the in-season game is looking it's looking very unlikely unless someone invents a faster plane. <laughs> all right, guys, I really appreciate all of your time. I wanted to give you like a quick minute at the end here to just give a final thought. Um, you can talk about the season or just your final thoughts on the bears. Um, any, anywhere you want to go, just a, just a quick uh, wrap up though. Heidi. Okay. Well, final thoughts, always positive ones. <laughs> coming from me um i'm giving uh my bears winning around eight games i know people are very divided on this matter there i've seen people giving them two or three wins i think they're gonna win around eight or nine games hopefully and just uh, as i said before trust trust uh our new staff um and give them time and give them a chance to prove us wrong or right in in any case and very excited as always about any uh, as how, about football season i really miss football <laughs> that's it i love my bears yeah absolutely 
The one thing I would say is just because it's become such a big thing over the last, I don't know, two, three weeks, is a plea for Bears fans to stop engaging with the national media that want to criticize Justin Fields. Like, listen to the local guys. Yes. It doesn't even have to be about Justin Fields. It has to be about the Bears. Like, you see, like, not the beat reporters, like Courtney Cronin talking to Robert Quinn, and he's saying he wants to stay with Chicago. But then because CBS wants to put out that Robert Quinn wants to leave, everybody starts believing that. Like, follow the people that do it every day for the Bears. Keep your trusted sources there. Like, stop freaking out over every little report. That's what I would like. And like Heidi says, I just can't wait for the season to start because I can't deal with with much more of the negativity that comes from Bears fans because, my God, every day on Twitter, there's something new. Like, somebody, like, at me on for some other post. I'm like, oh, my God, not again. But, yeah, so Bears fans, calm down a little bit. Stop reading all the criticism and interacting with that with Justin Fields, and let's just let the season play out. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. No, I, I, I guess thanks, JB, for the opportunity. This has been this has been really fun, and it was lovely to meet you, Heidi, and, and you as well, Kiran. I, I look forward to kind of following you both, uh, Heidi. Your your positive Bears tweets mixed in with a little bit of Mexican politics, and then I'll, I'll definitely follow you as well, Kiran. <laughs> okay. um, to be to be fair, Heidi, I follow you for the Mexican politics. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. I thought yeah. so. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's been it's been really fun and just super pumped for the uh, for the season to, to 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 kick off and I think like everyone else here I'm I'm quietly confident um, that we we will overachieve this year and and kind of move the ball uh, in the right direction. Looking forward to seeing some development. All right, that was from my conversation back in May with Heidi, Kieran, and Andrew. I hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as I had when I was having that conversation. Listening back to it, I was just struck by how much I enjoy talking to these three people. Um, I, I just, I really enjoy talking about the Bears, and I love it when someone comes from a little bit, slightly different background than me. Uh, I think that, I think it's probably pretty important to realize that Chicago fandom is not geography based and we come at this game from very different angles and for very different reasons and you can find fans all over the world and I just think that this is just one of the coolest things about podcasting is that making connections with people all across the country and all across the globe all three of these people and more people from around the world that I've met have really enriched my experience as a content creator and as a Bears fan and I really thank them all for that. Join me next week. We're going to keep working through these conversations that I had. Um, we've, we've got some really great stuff planned. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you next week.